Dr. Mark Malone from Advanced Pain Care on how the spinal cord stimulator blocks pain signals, bringing patients relief at last. And we're able to tune this device to mimic that frequency and essentially block it. I've seen people shed tears of joy in the recovery room when they wake up from their light anesthesia and we turn this device on and they realize their back pain is gone. They cry for joy. Advanced Pain Care at 512-244-4272 or austinpayingdoctor.com. Live and local, every afternoon, 2 to 4. This is Mark, Melinda, and Ed on News Radio KLBJ. Call or text them at 512-836-0590. Appreciate the heck out of your show. I've been listening for a long time. Now, Mark, Melinda, and Ed. Delta Airlines served too many drinks to a passenger. They should have cut him off, but they didn't, and he went out And he drove over his wife and killed her. And now they are being sued at Delta Airlines for not preventing this horrible crime. Yeah, Mark, this is is a tragedy, and it sounds like a domestic dispute, but this is follow the deepest pockets, and the deepest pockets in this is Delta Airlines. Um, There's a great level of personal responsibility in this, and I believe it was not just the alcohol I think it was an angry, angry situation between husband and wife. And sadly, kid was right there and witnessed it all. Just by reading what was in the suit, it needs to be thrown out because the suit says they're blaming Delta for over serving or serving him two drinks, despite him consuming multiple drinks before boarding the plane. So they were supposed to be looking and say how many, like as you board, how many drinks did you have before you got on this plane so we can determine if we're going to give you another drink? And and it's always, it seems like to me, it's always where you got that last drink. That's who they go after, not the bar or wherever that you had eight drinks and then you had one drink. That's a similar thing to that. How do they know how many drinks he had before and where he had them before? They didn't know. Delta... Uh, the air hostess does not know where you drank before. Well, and not only that, they're sitting down in a chair on a flight, strapped in. I can't imagine there's a whole lot of signs that say this guy's already way gone. Don't don't hand, don't give him another drink. Mm-hmm. The lawsuit says the the crew served him, even though he had already had multiple drinks. The drinks that Delta served intoxicated this passenger to a level well in excess of the legal blood alcohol limit, rendering him impaired. He didn't even remember landing or making his way to the car after the end of the lawsuit. What was his blood alcohol level? 0.24. Oosh. Drunk city. Drunk, drunk, drunk. Well, and here's another part of this. They said Delta should have known as he was leaving the plane that dude's really impaired, and we need to make sure he doesn't get behind the wheel of the car. He's there with another, another adult adults, yeah. individual. Why would that be on the Delta employees to say, oh, we need to make sure he doesn't get behind? The-? They didn't even know if he was driving in the first place. Yeah, well, how do you know? The lawsuit also blames Delta for not calling the police on the guy. I Listen, Melinda's right. There was another adult that would they would be spending all day long if they were to call suspicious persons leaving a plane that may be slightly or overserved i i i don't know where the level of responsibilities goes 
if he was fall down drunk, if he was a hindrance or a threat to other people, yeah, you might want to call police there or call ahead. But apparently he wasn't. He was just drunk. But It says Delta was negligent, and that was intentional, willful, reckless, and wanton. All they care about is making money from selling another drink to another passenger. They don't make I, their I'm money sorry, from the drinks, this... please. Come on there. Come on. They don't this is, they don't make money from their drinks. They make money from the airfares they charge and the fifty dollars per baggage extra. Well, and I would say this suit is about <clears throat> attempting to make money. Follow the money. Yeah. Sad for the for the woman. Well, she died. Sad well, for the child. For the child, child yeah. that witnessed all of this. And that's what they're saying they're filing the lawsuit for is because there's emotional distress, psychological illness, which I'm sure, I, I don't remember the age of the kid, but that's not good for anybody to see, especially a child. So I'm sure that's there. But again, I don't see how Delta is responsible. Here are the numbers, 512-836-0590. We'd like to get your thoughts on this lawsuit, uh, do the people who are suing Delta have a case here, in your view? <sighs> Is their legal lawsuit justified? They're claiming Delta should have been able to determine this passenger had already had way too much to drink. They should not have served him anymore. And certainly, after having served him, they should have either stopped him from getting off or stopped him from getting behind the wheel, or call police, 512-836-0590. I don't, remember, I don't remember many times, if any, when I've been traveling, and I've traveled with some wild characters in my bachelor days to Las Vegas and everything, <laughs> where we would hit it up pretty good before we'd get on the plane. I don't remember a, a, a time when they would say, okay, we're holding you back, or this guy's too drunk, or whatever. I think they would say, is somebody with this guy? Are you with? Yeah, I'll take care of him. I know we're we're going the same place, but never at that level where they call the cops or, you know, they do that in the movies when they physically restrain you like in the Wolf of Wall Street. But, yeah, it's you're asking so much of Delta Airlines in this. Remember that scene in Wolf oh, of Wall Street? Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> All right, 512-836-0590. You can weigh in with your thoughts also today. NBC News is reporting that once again, President Biden has lashed out Israel's Prime Minister Netanyahu with another vulgar tirade, full of curse words, invective, directed right at the Israeli Prime Minister and uh, the White House aide speaking to NBC says that boy Netanyahu is really doing a number on Biden. He's doing a huge disservice of late to Biden, and Biden feels enough is enough. It has to stop because this a-hole is really costing Biden. It's it's making the president look tough, and it's all about politics. Let's be honest. It's trying to get people uh, who are on the Palestinian side to say, yeah, he's tough, yada-da-da-da-da. I, I just There's a sense of politics in this. It sure the heck doesn't make me think that he is tough when here you have Israel attacked and they are defending themselves and it is reported that Biden is saying of Netanyahu he's been killing me lately Mm -hmm. it's not about you Biden sit down hush and let Israel take care of Israel translate what Biden means by that he's hurting Biden's polling numbers right in Michigan to be specific 
where Biden is scared to death he's going to lose Michigan. Well, and just in the things that you said and then that statement right there, it is all about vote buying. And it is disgusting to me. It does not come across as being tough. And if that was Biden's stance from the beginning, beginning that he wasn't supporting Israel, fine. Then that's your stance in the beginning. Don't make it about your campaign, what's going on in Israel and what is going on in Palestine. That's not about your campaign when you're trying to sound like you're tough on Netanyahu just right. so you can get reelected. Get, get votes, yeah. Uh, here are the numbers. You can weigh in with your thoughts, 512-836-0590. This is our strongest ally in the Middle East, and he's disparaging their prime minister on a regular basis now, on a regular basis. Remember when he took office, he said, I'm returning decency to the mm-hmm. White House? Yeah. This is Mr. Nice Guy. It's all po- it's politics-driven. Let's, and that's, look, look in the last two days. Shrinkflation, TikTok, and now this happens to sneak out of the Oval Office that he's cursing Netanyahu. It's part of the plan. Those things only get released if he gives the green light. Of course, of course. I don't think there's anybody with his inner circle in the Oval Office whose earshot's going to say, ooh, I'm going to get the president. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to embarrass the president. Nope, this is all. I'm tough. Now, there's a separate story today we'll get to just ahead in Axios. Uh, White House sources say Biden is livid that his aides have not fixed the border problem. And there are battles going left and right behind the scenes between Harris and Susan Rice and the whole team. He is just livid. Why hadn't this thing been fixed? Yes, Mr. President, please tell us. Uh, you're the one that tells us you're in charge, and we are to believe that. So tell us why it hasn't six, been fixed. Six million reasons why it's not been fixed that are already over here. 6.2 million reasons. 512-836-0590. It's 312. Mark, Melinda, and Ed. Mark, Melinda, and Ed are on your radio at 99.7 FM or 590 AM. And you can stream the show live on your digital device via the free news radio KLBJ app. Thanks a lot for joining us. It is 317. Jack is here producing. Axios News has a story today that White House sources say President Biden is livid. He is furious that his top people have not solved the problem at the southern border. And behind the scenes, there is bickering, there's finger-pointing, the blame game is underway. VP Harris, Susan Rice, all of them are calling each other names, going round and round in the behind-the-scenes blame game. Well, I'm sure there's a lot of, a lot of angst there, but I've got, no, I've got no sympathy for any of them because this was of the own volition of this administration. Their game plan was... Let as many in as we can. And their their feckless game plan now is, oh, we need more judges down there to get in process. In my light, you don't need to get in process. You need to send them back home or make sure they don't get over here because the number 6.2 million right now, they think, that's an, an, an obscene amount of a number of people already over here. I don't know what they think they can do to remedy this situation. Uh. It's well, very oh, easy, I, but the, I'm, I'm t- I know we know what they should do, but in their brain trust, there to keep their game plan going of letting people in. Uh, yeah, no, it's very easy. There shouldn't be this infighting. This is, you got exactly what you wanted. 
um, it just didn't play out the way you thought it would. And that's why there's there's finger pointing. Every single one of them were on board with what has happened happening. They just did not count for the shipping to Democrat cities and Democrat cities then in return complaining and belly aching. They did not account for that, and now they're trying to point fingers here and there. And again, it's so simple. If you really wanted to do something, all the president had to do have to do pull out his little pen. It's that simple. Will their tactic of now trying to pin the blame on Republicans and Trump improve Biden's polling numbers when it comes to the border? No. Again, how we're we are. Three years into this presidency, how do you blame every single year since Biden has taken office, the numbers increasing on Trump? You can say that we have a broken immigration system. Fine. That's about once they already get here, how fast you process, how fast the, or, or whatever the process is for them to become a legal citizen. and has nothing to do with the illegal crossing going on at the border. All right, 512-836-0590. Also today, an exclusive in the Wall Street Journal is getting a lot of attention. Last week, they had a one-on-one interview with Vice President Harris This was two days before the special counsel report came out and talked about Biden's terrible memory. Well, during the interview, the vice president said, I am ready to serve. I am ready to go at any time. And and those remarks are drawing a lot of focus today. Well, they're drawing a lot of focus today because I think she's trying to put herself forward. She's trying to have the positive spin out there because if Joe Biden suddenly says, I'm not running, I think she believes she would be thrust in that row, which I don't think mainstream Democrats want. I think they don't want uh, Vice President Harris. They want a clean slate away from Biden-Harris. Well, I mean, she does, She polls just as badly as Biden does. The part that was interesting to me was she said, I am ready to serve. You've been in a position, you've been in, a, what have you been doing as vice president? I know a lot of us ask that question, mm-hmm. what have you been doing as a vice president? Yes. But I would think that you were serving in that office. We know you haven't been, but it's, it was just, inter- I'm ready to serve as if she's coming off of the street being plucked in and doesn't already have an important position. She, she was given the task of the border by Joe Biden, and she had this the the only thing I believe she's done was when she went to South America to try to the, get the root cause of illegal. We all know what the root cause is, Madam Vice President. Those people want a better way of life. And now the cartels have gotten involved. Uh, the foreign bad guys have gotten involved. The Chinese and people from around the world. It didn't take a brain surgeon to figure that out. She could have been a leader, Mel. You could have been. She could have. She could have overstepped Mayorkas, and she could have. She could have used her influence to try to help this situation. She's not. Not. Is she implying that Biden and others have been holding her back? Yeah, that you know, the being the vice president is not a very powerful <laughs> position. What a John Nance Garner like a bucket of warmed over spit. LBJ <laughs> was frustrated. Every vice president's been frustrated. All right, well, one. I mean, you can't say someone's trying to hold you back when in the things that they have given you, you've done nothing with. 
Let's go to Ken at 322 on KLBJ. Mark, Melinda, and Ed, good afternoon. Ken, welcome. What's going on, guys? I'm kind of surprised that Ed is on the right side of this one. I mean, it, 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 his buddies of the Bushes very deeply involved in not fixing the border problem. No, right. you're wrong about that, sir, but thanks for calling. Way. Thanks for calling. The, the, the All only, right. Uh, thank you, Ken. Thank you very much. Yeah, it was George Bush who tried to get a border issue through a bipartisan when he was president, and it got no leverage with the Congress. So you're wrong about that, buddy. Thank you. Uh, we're probably going to see a steady stream of these kinds of stories that we're seeing now. Leaks from the White House, so-called high-level sources, anonymous individuals sharing what Biden is raging about behind the scenes. He's raging that the border is now a crisis. He's raging at Netanyahu for hurting his polling numbers. See, and I don't understand, again, how they think that's a winning message. That says to me, you've got an angry man, uh, which leads to all of the speculation that there's something mentally wrong, whether it is dementia or just old age, Alzheimer's, whatever the case may be, um, that is just on a rant at a snap of a finger. That doesn't bode well for, you know, going... Oh, okay. Yeah, I think he's all there, and he should continue it's, running. Yeah, it looks like he's turned it on, and like even today, he said he's he's talking with the uh, the King of Jordan. And as you'll notice, it's four twenty four in Washington D.C. They're getting him out early, getting him out early instead of that disaster last Thursday night when he had the news conference when it was later in the evening. Did you catch the Kennedy Jr. commercial in the Super Bowl yesterday? Mm-hmm. He's now apologizing for that ad running. Here's the ad in case you missed it. Do you want a man for president who's seasoned through and through? A man who's old enough to know and young enough to do. Well, it's up to you. It's up to you. It's strictly up to you. American Value 2024 is responsible for the content of this advertisement. So that ran in the Super Bowl yesterday. Subsequently, RFK Jr. has apologized to members of his family for that ad running in the Super yeah, Bowl. Yeah, I told this to Mark Mel before the show. I was watching the game with Betsy and Ben and Ben's fiance. When that came on, I told Ben, I said, that family is going to be mad. They're, they don't like, a lot of the family don't like Bobby, and by using JFK and implying his father, but I don't believe for one minute, one second, that Bobby Kennedy had no involvement in it. He apologized quickly. I can't – no, that that dog won't hunt Bobby Kennedy. You knew exactly what you were doing. It just seemed like the most bizarre, out-of-place ad I have ever seen. <laughs> I was just was sitting there yeah. trying to figure out what the heck am I hearing and looking at. And that is from 1960. That, that, great? that is a real ad. Yeah. For the former president, John F. Kennedy, they used artificial intelligence to superimpose RFK Jr.'s face over the uh, body of uh, then-candidate Kennedy, and that that's the real ad from 1960. And so uh, he is claiming, uh, I had no knowledge ahead of time that was going to run in the Super Bowl. Bravo, Sierra, on that. And then on top of that, he's saying, I want to remind you that my campaign cannot communicate with super PACs. That's against federal law, and the super PAC actually 
is the one that developed this ad and bought the time. Uh, yeah, Mark, uh, if if you are that naive, that that's trying to link yourself with with JFK. Caroline Kennedy, the daughter of JFK, is the ambassador to Australia for Joe Biden and has come out against her cousin. So is her son, Slossberg. So, no, nah, he he knew all about that. Come on. But he had to know that he has members of his family that do not look at the at things the same way that he does. As they came out and said, we would never sign off on some of the ways that you look. So I don't know if he knew about it, why he would still sign off on it, knowing that it most likely would cause some issues with the family. All right, 512-836-0590. It's Mark, Melinda, and Ed, 327 News Radio, KLBJ. Mark, Melinda, and Ed are on your radio at 99.7 FM or 590 AM. 332, great to have you with us today. Jack is here producing. There's a report out this afternoon that more and more public schools are sending students to go see a psychiatrist. They're worried the students might end up being a school shooter or inflicting some kind of violence on other students or teachers. This report says it's happening all over the country. A recent meeting of psychiatrists uh, covered this in depth. It was a big topic for adolescent psychiatrists. Uh, These kids are being told you've got to go off campus. The message to the parents is your kid is not welcome back until you take them to a psychiatrist and the psychiatrist approves having them come back to school. But the psychiatrist are saying we don't agree with this process. It's very difficult for us to determine which kid might be a school shooter. This is a tough, tough deal because after what happened last week, the the jury coming back and going to send the woman to, to prison for not taking action on her son when it was there in front of them. I don't know where I stand on this because the school has an obligation. If they identify some student that said, this student is really in really, really big trouble, the parents, A, have to be involved. And I think you've just got to this, – this is an extreme case, which one – the one – in the Detroit area was an extreme case. I don't I, I, I like the proactiveness, but they have to have cooperation from the parents. And it's not gonna work unless the psychiatrists are in it win with it too. Uh, to me it this is schools trying to not take the blame for for missing something. Um as I read this story I got somewhat of an impression that it's any little thing, and yes, all these little things can add to bigger things, but to which they're sending it off. And I actually think that you should be sending it to someone off of school yeah. campus yeah. to look into it deeper. You may have uh, um, blinders on when it comes to this, if you know the kids and have been around the kids, or you may just be like a... Uh, it was a one-time thing. So I think it's great to send it off. But this report also says that when they're sending them off for these outside evaluations, sometimes it's a very brief stint with a doctor and the doctor's like, no, dismissed. So I can't help but wonder how deep are they delving into this to really see if they're going to, I know no one can predict 
accurately. You can see the signs, but you can't predict accurately. Oh, yeah, that one's definitely going to be a shooter. But how deep are they going in these outside psychologists or psychiatrists that these kids are seeing to actually know if there's something Uh there? Uh, This story in the Heckinger Report, which focuses on education issues in America, says that these psychiatrists are reporting seeing more and more children in their offices and emergency rooms. And they're being pushed there for psychiatric evaluations by their schools. And it's happening nationwide. But the psychiatrists interviewed in this article say, we're uncomfortable with this situation. The patient load is growing. There's an expectation that we can tell if this student is going to be a shooter or not. We're not comfortable with this role that we're now being pushed into. Well, I I don't like that they're not comfortable with it because that's somewhat of their job is to sit and have these discussions with them. Again, I know they can't say, oh, yeah, this is a definite going to be someone who becomes a school shooter. But they are supposed to be able to see signs of they need more extended help. I don't like it that the psychiatrist saying we don't like this because, listen, do no harm, serve, and I'm I'm surprised they have this attitude. All right, 512-836-0590. You can weigh in, join the discussion, call or text us. We go to Mike in Bastrop. He's got some thoughts on President Biden and the special counsel report and the fallout over the comments in the report about the president's age and memory hello mike welcome how are you i'm good guys i hope y'all are doing good yes sir um, yeah the special counsel says that biden's a, a frail old man that got memory problems and stuff and his side biden's side is standing up screaming that he's fine and dandy he's all that and a bag of chips and if he's saying that then let's roll with this and let's see where it goes i mean he's been stashing documents for 40 some odd years or whatever and uh, i think it'd be be funny as heck to see him have to do a mental capacity or diminished capacity exam to see if he's uh, eligible to go to trial or go, or to have this case heard. Well, and I know that they were citing, okay, this is the reason why we're not going to move forward, even though we know that he willfully retained um, those documents. I don't know. Can they come back and say after they said we're not recommending charges? I think you would have to get a new AG into the office that says, okay, I have now looked over this and I'm not going to stand by and not recommend charges. I just don't see that happening with Garland. No, AG's not going anywhere either. No. Isn't. Yeah, but it's just it's just so sad. What happened to nobody's above the law? Nobody's above the law. Well, if you're a crazy old guy, then okay, we'll let it slide. It, it doesn't make sense to me either because it's a crime or it's not a crime. And you can't use yeah, excuse. God love him. He's an old man who 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 forgets. We cannot the thing put that. Me is that. They could use this as an exploratory situation on all the government documents that are classified that have been withheld. We could put a stop to it. This next election, we could we could have stronger rules in place and more tracking and and what have you like that. To, so this doesn't happen again. How about some preventative measures coming out of this? Well, that's an interesting point, Mike, because the. House committee now exploring impeachment of Joe Biden says that the special counsel has alerted them to several documents that were found in Biden's possession related to Burisma and Ukraine, and they want copies of the documents to be used as part of their investigation. And they they have specific documents 
that were mentioned in the report that they say raise serious questions about the Biden family and the money flowing from Ukraine, Burisma, back to the Bidens. Yeah, and that's just the tip of the spear. That's just the, the, the tip of the iceberg and stuff. But let's see Nancy Pelosi's stuff. Let's see Schumer's stuff. Let's see some of these other people, you know, these multi-multi-millionaires, and let's go through their basement and see what documents they have they're not supposed to. Mike, thank you. Have a good afternoon. 512-836-0590. Uh, Mark in Maynard wants to weigh in on this report that adolescent psychiatrists say that public schools are sending more and more students to see the psychiatrist. The schools are worried these students might be very violent, including possible school shooters. Uh, Mark, welcome. How are you today? Uh, outstanding. And on the on the whole issue, uh, I can tell you, I graduated high school in 1981. We had counselors there that were mainly people that would tell you to take Algebra two or you don't need to take chemistry, but they weren't like, uh, psychiatric mental health people. Now they have social workers and psychologists at schools for the entire district and whatnot. And, and, and those people need to be stepping up and, and, and stepping up to do this mission. I understand uh, a psychiatrist who said it's okay to send Johnny back to the school and then Johnny shoots the place up later. He or she might be concerned about their license and liability, but, um, if, if anything, a psychiatrist would probably need to assess the entire family, not just the one student, because a lot of time, uh, you know, uh, the, the dynamics of a family can really warp and affect a child's uh, yeah. mental health. And I, I'm speaking because I just read a, a book about the young uh, Lee Harvey Oswald, and uh, he he was kind of messed up from the get-go and had been referred to uh, spe- special homes for boys and psychiatry and whatnot. And nobody ever followed up on it, and uh, we see what the results were there. Now, this woman up in Michigan, I think if you get a kid sent home to, to, to be referred out to a psychiatrist, the first thing, the job number one need to be make sure there's no firearms or, or, or bad weapons in the house. But kids are resourceful. You know, they would bring a, they'd probably bring a machete or a, a spear if they couldn't get a, a, a firearm. But I understand the reluctance of the psychiatry men wholeheartedly. All right, thank you. You have a, a good afternoon. What do you make of that point? Well, they when we were when I was in high school, they said you know go go take algebra two. You know, not a Valium. You know, that was more. It was all about education, and very little about mental health. Well, and I think to his point about these psychiatrists not really wanting or the psychologists not really wanting to go into it and then being held liable. I think there's some kind of protection because it's not just about school shootings. It's anybody that is sent to them that may be having thoughts of harming themselves or others. And if they go out and commit a crime, mm-hmm. uh, it doesn't come back on. HIPAA to, rules someone. I don't know. if HIPAA They rules. have to have some level of protection. Otherwise, who would agree to go into that profession? Right. And take on these kind of patients. Right. If you were going to be held responsible for anyone that may have come in front of you and shared anything, I... You wouldn't do it. All right, 512-836-0590. Join the discussion, Mark, Melinda, and Ed. On your radio or streaming on your digital device, here are Mark, Melinda, and Ed. One of the stories we're discussing is from the Heckinger Report, which focuses on issues in public schools. And this report says psychiatrists who work with Young Americans, children, and teenagers say that more and more public schools are requiring kids to go see psychiatrists for evaluations. 
to determine if they are school shooters in the making. And the psychiatrists are ringing the alarm bell. They're saying too many schools are relying on us to determine if kids have the potential to be school shooters. Annie is with us on I-35. Hello, Annie. How are you today? I'm doing great. How y'all doing? Very well. Thank you, Annie. Welcome. What are your thoughts on this? Well, remember back in, what was it, the 80s and 90s when postal workers were shooting up the post office and there was the the term was thrown around, people going postal? Yes. How did the post office stop stop that from happening? I feel like there has to be some sort of like a personality test that people take that weeds them out. And I'm wondering why, you know, the high schools don't look at, go to the, you know, see what the post office did to stop this phenomenon from happening. Do you remember, Ed? I don't 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 recall what, if anything, they did specifically. I don't know anything about, you know, going postal. I don't know what they did. I I, I really, Annie, I don't know if it's just something simple as communication or see something, say something. I don't know what it was. I really feel like there's like a personality test that they have uh, potential uh, or, or prospective employees take, and they weed these people out. You know, every time these school shootings happen, nobody ever says, well, who'd have seen that coming? Everybody knows that so, that kid was yeah. weird. So are you suggesting that, like, entering in as a freshman, we would have all the freshmen take these tests? Well, but, you know, freshmen, I don't know. And if, par- if parents are sending these, or if the schools want these kids to go see psychiatrists, don't the psychiatrists have tests like this to help? It's... <laughs> To me, it seems like somebody somebody should go to the post office and ask them, what did you do? <laughs> well, in these How cases at school, it? I think the schools are being proactive, Annie, because, you know, they're, they are bringing kids in who draw guns or hitting or, or shooting guns or any any type of type of violence. They're trying to be proactive on this. So I think yeah. they're doing all uh, as, as much as they can. But you're right. Uvalde guy, he was a billboard saying, I'm going to shoot up the school. And this kid up in the Detroit area, he was a billboard, too. They didn't do a darn thing. Yeah. Uh, Annie, thank you. Have a good afternoon. One thing that's not addressed in this report is what percentage of the students that these psychiatrists are seeing, uh, do the psychiatrists say, yes, this child is on the way to being a school shooter. We need to take action. It's not addressed in this report. I wish they had asked that of the psychiatrists. I think that's important information. Yeah. Or how long step. are they yeah. seeing these psychiatrists before they get the go-ahead to go back into school? Yes. That's a good question. Some of the parents who are quoted in the story say uh, it can take weeks before we get permission to have our child back in the school, and that's a complaint we have, that uh, they were out of the regular school for weeks, and it's it's done harm to our child. But are they seeing that psychiatrist every single day of those weeks or is it it just takes that long for the psychiatrist to come to conclusion write the note to say you could get back in and the school accepting it yeah good questions they're not addressed in this story judy is with us at 352 on klbj hi judy welcome hi yeah i i blame a lot of this on the parents uh a lot of these kids are not getting the guidance that they need and you know, you know, people are working and kids come home by themselves and, you know, they watch things on TV and, you know, this is, it all starts at home. 
Yeah, absolutely. I, the home plays a huge part in it. Especially if they're left unattended in the afternoon when they come home to school and they've got devices, TV, and the Internet to peer at. All of these cases are troubling, uh, but it really jumps out to me, Judy, where they're talking about elementary kids are being sent to see psychiatrists. But I can understand why after that first grader shot his teacher in the classroom in Virginia. Yeah, because, I mean, you know, when I was little, we never saw this stuff. And, you know, we've been seeing this, you know, just gets worse and worse. Because I remember back in 2000, and this was 2000, you know, 24 years ago, there was a a six-year-old kid that brought a gun to school, and he killed one of his classmates. Mm. Yes, and that's becoming more common. Thank you, Judy. You have a good afternoon. 512-836-0590. President Biden is talking with the news media after his meeting with the leader of Jordan at the White House. And, uh, Melinda, one of the comments President Biden made is drawing a lot of attention. Well, there are a couple of comments that he made that I do not think is going to help him out in um, trying to convince the young people that he's not with Israel. And I think that they were slip of the tongues, but it's still going to be played over and over. And one of them was that he referred to the recent Israeli military operation in Rafah as our military operation. Mm, Another thing that he said, and again, I think he just left a word out, but it didn't correct himself. Every innocent life in Gaza is a tragedy. I'm sure he meant every innocent life lost Mm -hmm. in Gaza is a tragedy. But this is gaffes like this that will get played over and over and over. And that's not going to help convince the young people that all he's he's turned and he is now pro-Palestine. And it's not going to increase his polling numbers in Michigan where he's terrified of losing. Right. This does nothing to help his case there where he keeps sending his top aides to plead with the leaders of the Arab Americans and Muslims, please vote for Biden, please. Well, and one of the things that the the leader, the people there in Michigan said, we, we don't want him back here until he calls for a ceasefire. I am seeing that Biden said today that the United States is working on a hostage deal between Israel and Hamas, which would bring immediate and sustained period of calm in Gaza for at least six weeks. So oh. I don't know if that's the the new message. Look, I'm calling for yes. six but, but weeks. Now you yes. talked about we're ready to finish this thing. All right. We'll get you up to date with all the news next at the top of the hour. Melinda and I roll on with you right here. Ed is on Sports Talk on 102.7 ESPN with Jeff Ward coming up 4 to 6 this afternoon. Dr. Mark Malone from Advanced Pain Care on how the spinal cord stimulator blocks pain signals, bringing patients relief at last. And we're able to tune this device to mimic that frequency and essentially block it. I've seen people shed tears of joy in the recovery room when they wake up from their light anesthesia and we turn this device on and they realize their back pain is gone. They cry for joy. Advanced Pain Care at 512-244-4272 or austinpaindoctor.com.